Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass on the billion-dollar core marketing method that will drastically grow your business, reduce risk, and magnetically attract a flood of loyal new customers. And we're talking this year, Fire Nation. And today we're going to be talking with AJ Rolsey. He is an Aussie entrepreneur and global marketing insider who has taken multiple brands from zero to a billion dollars in annual revenue. In Fire Nation, you can learn all about AJ at ajrolsey.com. And today we'll be talking about the core marketing method, the results from a thousand person small business owners study, as well as the steps you need to take to succeed this year, Fire Nation, and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. My buddy, Russell Brunson, founder of ClickFunnels, has a podcast called The Marketing Secrets Show, and he's on a mission to help get entrepreneurs unstuck so they can get back to changing the world. The Marketing Secrets Show is waiting for you. Visit marketingsecrets.com and subscribe today. Looking for a place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart? That place is ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. AJ, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. (laughs) Hey, Fire Nation, JLD. I'm so excited to be on your show. All right. Here's something that my close friends know, but maybe not too many other people do. I, uh, I am crazy about trivia. In Australia, pub trivia is a big thing, right? So I actually went on some TV game shows, and, and one of those back in Australia, any of the uh, Fire Nation based over there will know this show. It was called Sale of the Century, and I went on that show when I was in my 20s. I loved it. And then I more recently, I was on uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and you know, I made a little bit of money on those, but uh, yeah, I had the time of my life. Come on, because we can research it. What do you make on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I made $20,000. $20,000. Do you use your lifeline? No, you know, this was a special edition. This was in Australia, and, and we, we have six states in Australia. And uh, this was a, a week-long event where every night of the week, each state was represented by one person. I'm from New South Wales, where Sydney is, yeah, is located. And, and I represented them. So over each night, uh, it was an ongoing competition. So I won one of those nights, and I was pretty happy with that. And on Sale of the Century, I, I was uh, the carryover champ for four nights, which is my claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, not trying to one-up you. I'm just trying to resonate with you. But I did win a car on the prices, right? So we kind of have that in common nice. there. It was a lot of fun. It's on my About Me page, Fire Nation. If you ever want to go watch the video, I do win a car on the prices, right? So not really as cool as winning $20,000 on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? But uh, it was a lot of fun, faux show. But as I was teasing in the intro, Fire Nation, we're going to learn all about the billion dollar core marketing method that will drastically grow your business, reduce risk, and magnetically attract a flood of loyal new customers. We're talking this year. This year, Fire Nation, plus stick around for VIP tickets to AJ's tour, which is happening. He's actually in Hawaii right now, which is super cool. But AJ, let's just break this down because you've launched brands. You've grown them to multi-millions of dollars. What can we, Fire Nation, learn from your success? 
That's a great question, Jaldi. Let, let me start by saying, though, that I'm, there's so many things that I'm not great at. But I think one skill that I'm proud of is that I'm constantly curious. And I really like to observe and learn things. So I decided early on that I'm going to learn from all of my business mistakes and successes, and also from what I've witnessed in my life as a, as a global marketing insider for some of these enormous uh, global companies. And I'd say that the critical thing is that there are principles that are true whether you're in business with 50,000 employees and many billions of dollars in revenue, or whether you're a solo entrepreneur or part of a small startup team, or even if you're in a family business, the principles can be true in any of those business settings. And I know this because in my life, I've lived in both worlds, right? So I started and have grown several of my own businesses. In fact, uh, you know, I was just talking about Sydney and Australia. When I was a 12-year-old kid, like many people in Fire Nation, I know entrepreneurship's in my DNA. So I was a 12-year-old kid. I couldn't start my own business. I had employees as a little high school kid in Australia. And I've had businesses pretty much ever since. And so, you know, I love business. So I've learned through success and failure there. And in the world of business, business, I've learned a lot as well. But, you know, at some point, I found myself uh, as a young marketer in the corporate world. Just as a quick side note, you know, I think there's one thing that your listeners today, anywhere in the world, but especially in the US will appreciate, is there's never been a time like this to, to, to be an entrepreneur and a business owner. And I say that because when I was a kid, particularly in Australia, to say that you were an entrepreneur was not always met with positive responses, right? Where there was a lot of social pressure to take a more you know, predictable or typical path. And I probably succumbed to some of that. I always ran businesses on the side, but for some reason, I, I went through the process of, of landing you know, a job. And it turned out that maybe some of that uh, entrepreneurship in my DNA anyhow was helpful to become a marketer. And uh, as time progressed, I, I, I showed some success in that field. And, you know, in fact, what ended up happening was that I became a specialist in launch marketing for brands, for these global enterprises. And, and you know, they've been successful over the years for the most part, and, and I've been lucky to have a fairly steady stream of invitation from these corporations, even though I don't really look like the typical corporate person when I'm in there. I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised at how everyone around me looks rather vanilla, and I kind of stand out to be a little differently, I think. But, you know, it's been good to me. I've had a chance to travel to lots of places and live around the world, and so I'm deeply grateful for that. But at heart, I'm a small business entrepreneur. <laughs> small business entrepreneur, and you are speaking to Fire Nation, AJ, who are small business entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, making things happen. And one thing that Correct. Fire Nation is doing right now, AJ, that I'm obsessed with is they're studying greatness. Like they're studying the greatness that you've created. They studied the greatness that the past 2,411 episodes of Entrepreneurs on Fire where we've brought on people who have created greatness and success in all these different diverse fields. And that's something that I loved during my research of you you've conducted a study of over a thousand small business owners around the world. So you've Mm. put in the work, you've put in the research. Tell us, Fire Nation, what you found. I'd love to. You know, I I love this. This started out as just something that was for me. I wanted to understand something better. And, you know, recently on your show, I want to call out two people. If if, uh, folks in Fire Nation haven't had a chance to listen to these episodes, I first of all want to call out a very recent episode that you had with uh, Dean Graciosi, who is just a brilliant guy. And then also a friend of mine, Nir Ayal, who's just recently published a book, right? So So good. Great episodes. In fact, on my website, if people want to go and see a a conversation I had with Nir in in his house in New York, you'll, you'll see him elaborate a little bit on on, uh, the topic that he spoke to you about. But the thing I loved about Dean's talk as well was that he said that 
people can have resources, but not resourcefulness. And one thing that I noticed is that in these big corporations that I work for, they're full of resource. You know, uh, they, they're like a tanker ship is the illustration I point out. They are very predictable. They, uh, they tend to be a little slow and boring in my opinion in some ways, but over countless decades, they've learned how to bring in just a little bit more than last year to keep shareholders happy and, and to religiously avoid unnecessary risk. And they sort of inch ever forward. So they're like this huge tanker on the ocean. Contrast that with the small business entrepreneur who is full of passion and agility and creativity and that resourceful innovation that, that Dean Graciosi speaks about. This is the kind of stuff that Fire Nation has in limitless supply, right? But if the big corporation is like the tanker, the small business entrepreneur is like the jet ski and, and they, uh, mm-hmm. they, can go, they can go at a million miles an hour, but unfortunately they sometimes get knocked over and they often don't even have a clear destination in mind. So that's the background uh, picture that I paint for myself. And there's two main lessons, before I even get into what the study was about, there's two main lessons that I actually take away from big business, which help to inform this study of smaller business. And the first one, if I can just give you two actually. So the first one is that in small business, we have a very different view of the concept of risk than big business. So in big big business, I've learned a lesson that I need to understand and contain risk to make better bets. Let me put it this way. Every business is actually in the risk business. We're all making bets. And that means we're exposed to some risk, but we're probably uh, betting money along with things like time and energy and our focus. So no matter what the resource is, JLD, we're making bets if we're entrepreneurs. It's a bit like a casino. And uh, in most cases, the small business entrepreneur is like the gambler who walks in the front doors, you know, has full of excitement. I'm some, I don't go to the casino often, but if I ever do, I'm a bit like this. I go in, I've got passion. I walk up to the roulette table and I throw some chips down and I hope that it'll pay off. But unfortunately, this huge failure and stagnation rate that we witness around the world in small business sort of proves that this analogy, you know, with a spin of the roulette wheel, it's not a very reliable bet. And no matter how keen the gambler is, no matter how keen I was with my chips there, uh, you know, even if I'm very willing to hustle, the odds aren't in my favor. But there's someone else in this story that's making a bet too, and that's the house. The casino is also making a bet at that roulette table, JLD. And the difference is that they know with complete confidence that the odds are stacked in their favor. And they've got these reliable insights that if they keep playing, they're going to win in the end, right? So this was, this was the idea of risk being kind of different. And it's a psychological phenomenon for entrepreneurs. We're wired a bit differently. It works to our favor in many ways, but we don't always have a good concept of risk. We're exposed to, you know, to sound like a bit of a nerd here, biases and cognitive blind spots that are based upon uh, mm. a lot of that, uh, you know, we're hardwired to be full of, of those wonderful traits that I mentioned before about resourcefulness and creativity. So that's one thing. The other thing that big business does really well, which I've learned is helpful, is to make a really well-defined plan, which is a goal setting. I know you've got some great resources on that as well, JLD, with the Freedom Journal, the Mastery Journal. So goal setting, but big business has become brilliant at setting out roadmaps that guide the steps. So I, you know, in this study, which I'll, which I'll tell you about now, I can tell you that most of the businesses that I spoke to either had a very poorly articulated goal, or if they did have a goal, they didn't have a roadmap to get them there. It was, it was more just like a dream that sort of hung out there in the ether without a roadmap and first steps, if you know what I mean. So the background of the study is like this. 
I, you know, in 2012, I was living in the UK at the, at the time. One of these global companies had me over there and I had my own businesses. And I was just intrigued by the fact that like many other people as an entrepreneur, I was willing to ignore all the statistics and just plow into business, knowing that so many of them fail or stagnate. I thought mine would be different, right? <laughs> and so I, I jumped into business. And as I undertook this, I was reading at the time a lot of uh, these fields of psychology and behavioral economics. And it really was a revelation to me just how much we make a lot of our decisions and our choices uh, based on kind of autopilot or temperament and, and, uh, and habits that we might have. That's great. And it serves our life perfectly in many ways, but it also provides blind spots in business. And so I undertook this big study just to see what is it about an entrepreneur that allows them to kind of look past uh, so much of what's going on and, and uh, determine in their heart that they're going to run a business. So uh, I, I spoke to more than a thousand business owners around the English speaking world, and I saw some amazing things. Uh, I can tell you, though, what was particularly interesting to me was that there were uh, some common worries and some com common success factors as well. So, you know, if the, the, the question that I often get asked is, you know, what was the key takeaway from the study? And I do cover that in my new book, The Drowning Entrepreneur, which, which uh, anyone is able to grab from my website, ajrolsey.com. But I can tell you what the, the summary of, of what really was working and what was not working in these small businesses, if you want me to fire away. Fire away, brother. When it comes down to it, I was looking at this psychology of risk, but I stumbled into some really interesting things and it was compelling for me. And that is the idea of the entrepreneur's happiness as a factor for their success. I can tell you the opposite, of course, is uh, unhappiness or worry. And there were four common worries for business owners. And I bet that if anyone right now is driving along in their car, listening to uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire and my conversation with you, JLD, if they're in business, I'm certain they're going to be able to identify with some of this. Right. So the first one is money worries. And this is kind of like the umbrella term for feast and famine cycles chasing invoices, cash flow drama, that kind of stuff. I remember one business owner in the UK, actually, his was a case where he had plenty of revenue coming in, but he just hated having to speak to people about late invoices. It was the worst part of his week and he had to, had to do it every week, right? So for him, there was this money worry that stole the joy day to day. So money worries was one. The second one is time worries. And this is where an entrepreneur or a business owner feels like they just don't have enough of it. And often they're chasing their tail to put out spot fires. And they feel like there's not enough time in the day to do all of the tasks that are required. Uh, back in Australia, I know the owner of a, a small real estate firm who uh, had dreams to build his business, but he just felt that he was always busy doing busy work and wasn't really propelling him forward. You know, I mentioned the talk you had the other day with Nir Al and his latest book, Indistractable, is just so good for this. It helps to be deliberate and uh, designed in the way that we spend our time. But nevertheless, time worries was a super common worry for a business owner. And now the last two. The third one was an interesting one. It was it was sort of the, the stress of being in charge. And this covered things like imposter syndrome or worries about the buck stopping with me as the owner, feeling a bit precarious or unprepared. I can tell you, one of the businesses I own myself, John, is uh, it exists in a highly regulated industry. It supplies healthcare. And I can tell you in this industry, I occasionally get plagued with this stress myself because it's so regulated I'm always wondering, do I have all the legalities and the compliance issues uh, up to scratch? I feel like I do, but I don't always know for sure. And this sort of stress of being the, the man or the woman where the buck stops with them can be a stressful thing that steals joy. And then the fourth point, this was intriguing for me as well. This is where you have a business owner who by nature 
is aspirational and dreams of something big, but they have a lack of a clear path forward. So there's a gap between having a dream of success, but then no action plan to get them there. And this is really common for entrepreneurial people because we find it, typically we find it easy to dream big, right? There's a lawyer, in fact, down in Florida who wants to grow her firm. And she actually had this big goal of hers written down on paper. But every time she looked at it, it was not inspirational. It kind of nagged her because she looked at it and she just never knew what the first step was to take. So she had the dream, but no clear path forward. Those are the four common worries. There's good news though, my man. Where there's four worries, there's also some success factors <laughs> that I found in this study. And I love it, Fire Nation. And go back over a couple of things that AJ's been talking about. Big businesses are good at a few things. They're good at risk because they're making big bets. Like think about the house. They're making bets with confidence because of the rule of large numbers. They know that over time, that roulette wheel is going to work out for them. They know over time that that craps table is going to work out for them. Like math is in their favor. Just like think of insurance companies. Like math is in their favor. It's the rule of large numbers. And of course, big businesses are good at creating roadmaps to success. And Fire Nation, I can tell you, that startups and small business owners and a lot of you listening right now are not great at creating roadmaps to success. A lot of people have goals, but you don't have plans to accomplish that goal. And what's a plan with, or what's a goal without a plan? It's a wish fire nation. It's just Mm -hmm. a wish. Now we have a lot of things we're going to talk about. I want to quickly go over fire nation, the four common worries. We were talking about money worries. We're talking about time worries. We're talking about the stress of being in charge, that imposter syndrome, like, are you worthy? And then of course, what AJ talked about last in depth as well is super important, but we have so much more I want to talk about because one thing I keep getting over and over again, AJ, is mm-hmm. happiness and is happiness equal to success and are those two interchangeable? Are they both attainable at the same time? So are you trying to help us fire nation become happier or are you just helping trying to help us grow our businesses? Like, is it one or the other or is it both? You know, I'm so glad you asked. And I was so gratified when the data came back from this study, because the good news, JLD and Fire Nation, is that if you're a happier business owner, you're more likely to be successful with achieving your business aims. So it is good news. You know, there were three factors that really were common amongst happier business owners. So let's just set aside for, for a moment to say that we looked at the businesses that were most likely achieving their milestones, who were reaching those goals. There was this big population of, of those more successful business owners. They had, uh, amongst them, they had a greater probability of being happy. But also, if they were happier, it had a greater chance of influencing their success. And the three things they had in common, the first one, and really it's only the first one that is directly associated with money. The first one is about predictability. And this is having a sense that you know what's coming, you're ready for the ebbs and flows in business, you've sort of perhaps been in the game long enough that you know what's around the corner and you don't get caught by uh, shocking surprises, right? So that predictability was a big piece. The next two are really great. Number two is a social element, and that's about enjoying the time spent with your staff or your suppliers or your customers. It's a social element. It may even mean that if you're in business, you have a significant other in your life who's supportive of what you do. If you've got these elements in place, you're more likely to be happier. And the third one, and as you know, as the son of uh, religious ministers, this one kind of hit home for me. It was about delivering social good. So business owners either big or small, if they had a goal of delivering something of benefit to someone other than themselves, they reported having far fewer times of worry and stress overall and much more day-to-day happiness. You know, there's plenty of examples you can look up. Uh, The first one that comes to my mind is Tom's Shoes, but there's dozens of these, right? So if you've got 
Uh, in fact, I'll give you one specific example, JLD. There was a business owner that ran a chain of dry cleaners. And he said to me that the biggest joy that he extracted from his business was knowing that his staff very rarely wanted to leave employment with him. He treated them super well and they were like family. And for him, that made him feel happy even when business was perhaps a little slower or times were otherwise tough. Knowing that he was helping someone else was really gratifying and it seems seems to sustain an entrepreneur through, you know, the inevitable ups and downs of business. I love all these things, the predictability, being social, and then just the overall social good. And when I actually spent four days with Tony Robbins in the Mali just this past August, like that's one thing I asked him was, Hey, how can I keep people on my team happy? Because I spend so much time mm-hmm. training them. How do I keep them right. happy? And he said, Listen, you have to incentivize individually. You're going to sit down with one person, one at a time, and ask them, look them in the eye, and say, what is the one thing that would make this a dream job for you? And for some people, it might be coming in at 10 a.m. because they want to spend time with their newborn baby. Or for some people, it might be getting every Friday off because they want to go on three-day vacations because they love to travel. So like, right. you've got to figure out what is that dream job for that one individual because that can be a great way to correctly incentivize the people and know that you're doing good because now you're just like, you're happy as a business owner that you're making your employees happy because you're giving them that one dream thing. And so Fire Nation, there is hmm. so much more we're going to be covering. I'm going to be breaking down the core marketing method. And by me, I mean AJ will be breaking that down because this is his core marketing method as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. These days, there are so many tech improvements that make our lives easier. Let's take hiring, for example. Hiring used to be hard, posting to multiple job sites, combing through stacks of resumes, but today, hiring can be easy with ZipRecruiter. No one knows this better than Talia Goldstein of 3-Day Rule, an online matchmaking service. 3-Day Rule was rapidly expanding, and hiring, especially for a specialized role like matchmaker, was challenging. There are a few ways ZipRecruiter helped. One, they send jobs to over 100 hundred of the web's leading job boards. Two, their centralized candidate dashboard make it easy to receive and review candidates, and their pre-screening questions allow them to hone in on qualified candidates quickly. By using ZipRecruiter, 3-Day Rule was able to increase their staff by 30%. Talia says, we just launched our 10th city. We have 15 cities to go. I know that ZipRecruiter is going to be there to help me find the best matchmakers across the country. And right now, you too can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com dot com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. Once again, ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Have you ever wondered how in the world you're supposed to market in a way that lets you get your products, your services, and the things you believe in most out into the world and yet still remain profitable? You're not alone. And today I want to share a podcast that will give you the answer. My buddy, Russell Brunson, founder of ClickFunnels, has a podcast called The Marketing Secrets Show. And he's on a mission to help get entrepreneurs unstuck so they can get back to changing the world. Tune in every Monday and Wednesday as Russell pulls back the curtain and shares everything from tough lessons learned to mindsets to pure marketing strategy. You'll also learn more about Russell's personal journey and secrets to growing a business from $0 to $100 million in just three years without any capital. The Marketing Secrets Show is waiting for you. All you have to do is visit marketingsecrets.com and subscribe today. That's marketingsecrets.com. 
So AJ, we're back, and as I teased before the break, you've developed this core marketing method. It's in your book, but I want to talk about it right now. Like, What is the core marketing method, and why should we care about it? Yeah, thanks, JLD. I'm so excited to share this with Fine Nation. You know, up until literally today, I've only ever shared this with uh, direct referrals, and occasionally I've been invited to to attend things like uh, startup incubators to speak with with entrepreneurs, but I've never really spoken to the world at large. So I'm so pleased to be sharing this with Fire Nation. I'm a citizen of Fire Nation, so yeah. I'm glad to be able to share with everyone else. Right. So the core marketing method is a system for small and medium sized enterprise that I created over the last six years, and it extracts the best elements of large uh, enterprise. With the comb- and combines that with the dynamic and energizing world of entrepreneurship. So it helps the entrepreneurs set out their goals, develop a path to get there, and it guides them day to day so they aren't wasting time chasing spot fires, but are purposefully engineering their business towards success. And it's based on world-class marketing and draws from empirical evidence. So, you know, it's really hard for me to describe it all in, in just a couple of seconds, but I'll tell you what the core stands for, if you like, JLD. It's an acronym, C-O-R-E. Oh, I love acronyms, so break it down. For, for dummies like me, I need this to help uh, keep my memory in check. So the core marketing method is an acronym where C and, and O are something that exists in the mind of the customer, and R and E exists in the mind of the entrepreneur. C is for credibility, and O is for originality. The R and the E are research and execution. And what this does, when we achieve credibility in our business and the way that we market to our ideal customers, we get past a subconscious barrier that most customers have. You know, all of the money that sits in our pocket, Fire Nation and John, we're sort of trained to not want to part with that because it caused us a little pain to get it in the first place. We have to work for it typically, right? So we have a subconscious resistance to spending, but the answer to that is credibility. Now, big business typically have that already. If you want to get something from Amazon, you've probably used it a thousand times and they already have a sort of credibility in your mind. But for the small business entrepreneur, there has to be some other techniques that you use to build credibility to cut through that subconscious barrier. Originality, which is the O in core, this is all about Causing your ideal customer to create a new narrative, to notice you, to snap out of fast autopilot thinking and create a narrative in their mind about who you are. And uh, what creating a narrative really does is it helps to embed your business in their memory and bring you to front of mind. It makes you stand out so that your marketing efforts are much more efficient and uh, you can reach your ideal customer to lead them to a specific action. Now, the R and the E, this sits in the mind of you and me, uh, John, and, and everyone on Fine Nation. This is what we have to do as entrepreneurs. We have to use research to base all of our business on insights rather than assumption, because assumption is actually where risk lives. And uh, all of that riskiness, you know, if you read any of the bureau statistics around the world about small business success or failure, they tend to point at things like cash flow problem, uh, problems or, or other issues that cause a business to fail. But really, earlier along, you know, further upstream from that was psychology that wasn't quite right for the entrepreneur. And that's where you base things on assumption rather than insight. So the R for research, I tell entrepreneurs in the core marketing method, what this is about in a very simple and elegant way to embed it in your business that costs next to nothing and becomes part of your business is a really enjoyable way to do business actually. And then finally, the E is for execution. This is the stuff you do. Sometimes when people talk about marketing, it's the thing they notice. It's the advertisement or the uh, digital campaign or, or whatever it might be. But of course, that marketing is the tip of the 
iceberg. These are the executional tactics. And in the core marketing method, we've designed a way to deliver tactics that are based on great research, that have deep credibility and are so original that your customers can't help but notice and think of your business favorably. That's what the core marketing method is about. I've been so excited to share it with uh, a number of small businesses around the world. And the outcome so far has been remarkable. I'm a little bit different to some others, John, in that I, uh, I only want this program to be used by businesses in a way that will achieve their success because I'm putting myself on the line here. Actually, on my website, as of the start of uh, February, I'm going to be including a little record for businesses that use the core marketing method and go on to achieve their milestones because it outperforms anything else that I've seen. I'm super proud of it. That is smart. And I'm sure Fire Nation is going to log in and check that out because this is going to be going live after you start that up. So Fire Nation, definitely check out the record and what's going on with the core marketing method, credibility, originality, research, execution. This is AJ's life work to date, Fire Nation. So definitely set up, take notice, and execute yourself. And one thing that I personally love highlighting, AJ, are commonalities of success. Like I love when themes develop and when interviews happen and we can really pull all these different things that are working for different people in diverse industries, businesses, and segments. What success stories do corporates and startups have in common from your experience? The things that really jump out to me for for those commonalities of success is that the best big businesses that I've been involved with, you know, I've grown brands to billions of dollars in annual revenue and small businesses that are success that are meeting the goals of the of the small business entrepreneur. They want to over deliver to their ideal customer and they do that in a way that really touches upon their psychology and uh, achieves a remarkable value. For a specific type of person, not for everybody, but just for someone for whom this business makes perfect sense and meets their needs like nobody else can. And, you know, it, 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 it's really about prompting somebody to take advantage of the value that you present. And there are different ways you can do that. Let me, can I do a little thought experiment yeah. with the Fire Nation right now? All right. So, you know, I know if anybody is listening to this podcast and whenever I listen to Entrepreneur on Fire, I'm, uh, I'm typically commuting somewhere. I'm either on a plane or on my, in my car or, or on the train, something like that. And I love listening to other people's stories and hearing from all of these experts. But the way I listen to podcasts is often on a change of speed. I don't know if you do this, John, but you know, you can toggle the speed to be double speed or, <laughs> half or something. So as I say this, this is a little trick. I guarantee that there's people listening to you and I talking now and they're looking at their phone, looking at the speed of this podcast replay. And maybe some of them are now tempted to pick it up and maybe change that to 1.5 times or two times. The minute I cause somebody to create a narrative, it's impossible not to create a little mental picture, to think about the process and picture yourself doing it. And when you do that, you actually drag somebody out of autopilot thinking and, and you really cause them to, uh, to move towards an action. Now, I'm going to ask a favor. While everybody's got their phone and they're looking at uh, the speed <laughs> of this replay, I want them to do one thing. While that phone's in your hand, go to ajrolsey.com forward slash tour because I know we're going to talk a little bit about this tour in a minute, but uh, this is where you'll find information, John, about uh, where I'm, I'm, I'm going to be visiting 52 cities around the U.S., and I really want to reach some of the Fire Nation. But So the psychology that we use to over-deliver value to our ideal customer is a real common thing between big business and small businesses that are reaching success. And the other common factor that comes to my mind is that, as you said at the very start of this show, big business knows how to approach risk in the right kind of way. 
They know the statistics and the numbers. They know how to make bold bets within the parameters that are set so that they are much more likely to survive, flourish, and succeed. And the best small businesses that I've been involved with do exactly the same thing. Now, we don't necessarily in a smaller enterprise have the ability to to make huge bets to the same scale. Uh, You know, in 2016, uh, one of the brands I was working on spent $55 million on TV ads. Now, I'm never going to do that personally in my small business, but you can apply the same principles. And that is that if you use a good understanding of risk and you use the R in research uh, in core uh, appropriately, then you set nice parameters that you can be the true entrepreneur and make these bold bets to try and attract your ideal customer. So it's about managing risk. And then that earlier one was about really over-delivering value to the ideal customer. Now, you said over-delivering value to the customer. And just like with social good, you mentioned how Tom Shoes does social good by giving shoes you know, to developing countries, et cetera. Right. Can you give one or two examples of companies that you've seen over-deliver in really cool and unique ways? Yeah, that's a great question. A general statement about that is that the best way to achieve originality, John, is actually through this element of surprise. I worked with a, uh, a coffee company recently in, in Princeton and New Jersey. Shout out to Sacred. These guys are awesome. They make a great cup of coffee if you're ever visiting Princeton and New Jersey. But this business, they have a coffee wholesaling business that is pretty big, uh, and they have these local cafes as well. But really, what they have approached is is wanting to find surprise in the marketplace. And and this is where you can actually over deliver value. Because if anyone walked past their cafe and looked inside, you would imagine that they make good coffee. They have a barista, they have a hipster looking guy behind there, and you, you sort of think to yourself, they're gonna make a good coffee. But actually that alone is not surprising. That's not actually delivering value. For many businesses, we think we're giving value, but actually what we're giving is sort of the minimum cost of business, what people expect from us. Over-delivering value is where surprise lives, and surprise is what causes somebody to create a new mental narrative. So one example would be that uh, in a cafe, if you go in, people speak to you and know your name. So I talk about two forms of surprise. One is surprising with value, the other is surprising with service, and they're really linked. But you know, surprising with service is just the intimate personal touch, and this doesn't cost a cent to do doing a little bit more than is expected and going the extra mile. That's surprising with service. Surprising with value would be an example I know of a bookshop in the UK that after you've bought a book and you're on their membership, they get in touch with you to ask how the book's going because they know a lot of people don't actually, uh, you know, they buy a book, they don't necessarily pick it up and read it. So they do little extra steps. So surprising with value doesn't necessarily have to cost a lot. When I've worked with startup incubators, John, I had a a team of of, uh, about 20 people, marketing people uh, in Europe come out to Zurich to sit into a lesson that I was hosting. And I thought, what can I do for this client company? They really wanted to do something special. So this one did cost a bit of money, but for these individuals, Myself and and my partners who were running this, we bought everybody an iPad mini, which is brand new at the time. Nobody was expecting this. We had it dressed up with some content. We left it in their hotel room so that when they came down for our session, they had this cool new little gadget and uh, everybody was gobsmacked because they weren't expecting it. And surprise is extremely valuable. I would say to every small business person listening right now, don't do the minimum. Don't do what's expected. Find a way to surprise that person that you're really trying to reach. I just want to point out that I think gobsmacked is an underutilized <laughs> word. We need to bring that back together, AJ. I love it for so many reasons. Fire Nation, you can join us in this cause, by the way. 
So one thing that I kind of wanted to bring up too is I remember hearing the story when I was reading the book Delivering Happiness uh, by Tony Shea about Zappos is every now and then, just like when they had like a good customer experience, that customer um, relationship person could literally just like throw an extra pair of shoes into the, right. <laughs> and just be like, or hey, like I noticed that, or you mentioned you had a kid, you know, I hope that maybe they like these shoes and they like throw another pair in there. So like you would get this package from a shoe company, Zappos, and they would just like go above and beyond and they would just like have an extra thing there and it was surprise and delight. And let's talk specifically about success, AJ, because it's kind of been a little bit of a common theme for us. Like obviously the core marketing method is having a lot of success with the small and large businesses that are implementing it. You know, you're going around the world, like literally with your heart and your passion on your sleeve, like sharing this and and implementing this. You're going to be showing records of this, et cetera, et cetera. But for Fire Nation, who's listening right now, and they've been hearing you talk about the core method and they're determined to succeed this year, what should they do right now as first steps towards their success? That's such a good question. I love first steps. So the one thing that I would ask somebody to take away is to look whether or not you've got a bold plan that's based on a proven system. Don't just do more of the same. Have a bold plan, have a big goal, and have a proven system of weekly steps that get you there. That's the biggest thing, more than anything else. I hope folks will take that away. Hey, you know, John, you were just talking about an example of surprising with value. One came to mind. Can I quickly share it with you as well? Yeah, please. I just remembered one of my small businesses that I had when I was, I'm showing my age now, but this is really in the days before eBay or any of these giant internet kind of, uh, uh, you know, classifiers. I started a business where if you had a secondhand car that you wanted to sell, I kind of arranged as a 20-something-year-old, I think I was 20 years old at the time, I arranged with a big commercial uh, shopping mall to take some of their parking space, and I promoted the idea that once a month, people could come along and sell their own vehicle. They paid a fee, and it, we packed it out. It was amazing, you know. I had a, a whole bunch of my friends who were, who were uh, temporary employees in uniform. It was great. But one thing that I did is I gave everyone a little fanny pack. And there was 20 bucks in there. And the whole purpose of this is when people were setting up, if there was literally anything my team could do to make their experience more pleasurable, every member of that team was empowered to spend $20, which back in those days was, you know, I don't know, maybe lunch or something like that. (laughs) You could do something for a customer who just needed some extra attention. And I tell you, more than anything else that we did, people remembered that little gesture. And it didn't cost me that much, you know, but it had such a lasting impact. That's just one example of surprise, but these are the sorts of investments that entrepreneurs can make. And it's a kind of creativity and innovation that big company CEOs wish they could bottle up and sprinkle around their, you know, global enterprises. But it's the fine nation that can really do this sort of thing. So if they've got a bold plan and a proven system, they should really go out there and, and use all of this power and entrepreneurial spirit to make 2020 the best it can be. AJ, with the help of this episode, the value that you're dropping and all this awesomeness is definitely going to go a long way in helping Fire Nation do just that. And we've had an amazing interview today, but I want you to take the mic now and give us the one overarching theme, the one big takeaway that you want to make sure all of our listeners really get from our conversation today. Give us a call to action where we can find out more about you, anything that you want to share there, and then we'll say goodbye. All right. Thanks, John. I've loved being with you guys. So here's the thing. In my businesses, I generally don't discount things, but I want to make a simple action. Just in the same way I told you to pick up your phone and maybe look at ajrolsey.com forward slash tour, I want you to also have a real reason to act. I want to meet some of you guys. 
So there'll be 52 cities. You can let me know if you're nearby, but not one of those 52. Maybe we add an extra stop on the way. But I don't discount normally, John. I want to instead create a package just for the Fire Nation. So tickets to this uh, to this event in these local cities are $60 each. But what I want to offer is a package that includes a ticket for you and a friend. So bring someone along, a pre-order of, of my new book, The Drowning Entrepreneur, and a workbook full of amazing resources that will really, really get you started. And I want to offer that for $1. I just want to put it out there that people make a bold step that is no reason not to do it. Come and listen to what we have to say. It'll be two and a half hours. It'll also be a local panel of experts talking about things like, uh, you know, digital marketing and, and taxation issues and stuff like that, a local panel of experts and myself covering off the core marketing method with some immediate steps. So that, again, that website, John, is AJ Rolsey, that's R-O-L-L-S-Y dot com forward slash tour. And you can take a ticket for one buck, not 60. I've also got a little thing. If people want to do something special, I also have VIP tickets for each of these 52 cities. And this is where I'm going to invite half a dozen people out. So I have a policy, John, that I never eat alone when I'm when I'm touring around the place. And so I'm going to have a meal at every city that I go to. And for six people, they're welcome to come out. So I'm going to offer something special for VIP uh, tickets just for Fire Nation first. They're really limited. And when I go and promote this uh, tour, it's going to be, uh, they're going to go pretty quick. But, uh, you know, I want you to come along to this. You know, I didn't mention one thing, John, if I may really quickly. Sure. My, my reason for doing this tour, I've called it the billion dollar base camp. And that's because I'm looking for a thousand fired up, entrepreneurs who are ready to unlock a million dollars in untapped profit in their local business to live their happiest and most successful entrepreneurial life because successful entrepreneurs do good things for themselves, their family, and their communities. And we have the ability with a thousand new million dollar entrepreneurs to really change the landscape and do something great. So I'm hoping that of those thousand entrepreneurs that I know I'm going to unlock, I really hope a bunch of them come from Fire Nation. Wow, that is a massive goal. Let me ask you one question. Yeah. Is San Juan, Puerto Rico, one of those 52 cities? <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I've never been to Puerto Rico and I'm desperate to get there. But John, I tell you what, if you invite me to come down, I'll be there, my brother. Wow. Okay, we'll have to think about that first. But no, <laughs> no of course, we'd love to have you down here. It's an amazing island. It's actually called Entrepreneur Island for a reason. It's, it's a really great, amazing place to be. So we can talk about that on the flip side for sure. But Fire Nation, I really, really hope that you're going to take action on this. I mean, we were talking a $60 ticket for $1 ajrolsey.com slash tour. That's T-O-U-R. A-J-R-O-L-L-S-Y dot com slash tour. Get that $1 ticket. Go and see AJ and the other panelists that are going to be talking at this event as he's touring around 52 different cities, maybe 53 if we can slap San Juan <laughs> on that list as well. And AJ, I just want to say thank you, brother, for sharing your voice, your message, your mission with Fire Nation, with the world. Because Fire Nation, they know this. They're the average of the five people they spend the most time with. And Fire Nation, you've been hanging out with AJ and JLD today. So keep up that heat. And I want to see you, Fire Nation, listen to this episode. Go check out if one of uh, the 52, maybe 53 places that AJ is going to be stopping is close enough for you to go. Take that bold step. Take that action. Make that happen. And make 2020 the year that you know it can be. So AJ, one last word of guidance before we say goodbye. 
My final word is for everybody to live your biggest, bolder self in 22. Make some bold choices, you know. Don't take unnecessary risks, but take calculated and bold steps and really be your best self this year. I hope it's a happy 2020. I know it's going to be for me. I hope it will be for you too, JLD. And I've been just so excited to be on your show today. Oh, JLD, there's one more thing that I want to illustrate for you before I go. Is that okay? Totally. All right. You know, I believe that one thing we can do as entrepreneurs is really understand the people that we're trying to reach and serve, over deliver value, as I said. And some of this is just about knowing the people we're trying to reach and then going the extra mile, right? So I happen to know something about you and I that we have in common. And that is that we both like a single malt whiskey, right? Truth. I love it. So, in fact, here on Hawaii, I've, uh, I've just gone through one bottle of whiskey over 42 days on this amazing vacation I've had. But anyhow, I know you like Oban, and that's a great whiskey too. But when I knew I was going to be on your show, I wanted to have a bit of a shout out to my home country of Australia because a lot of people may not realize that there's a tiny little distillery by world standards down in Tasmania where we have a bit of a burgeoning distillery scene starting to emerge. And a few years back, Sullivan's Cove Whiskey actually was named Single Malt Whiskey of the Year. And it's an amazing drop. I've been fortunate to have a little dram once or twice before. It's a real standout whiskey, incredibly hard to get hold of these days. They did tell me when I reached out to them that if you uh, if you Google, you should be able to buy them in New York or, or actually via delivery out of LA. If people want to know about this, I'll make some notes on my website as well because I'm going to follow up from our interview today with that. But I just wanted to give something to you and that is I got in touch with Sullivan's Cove and I said, I'm going to be on Entrepreneurs on Fire. I'm speaking to JLD. He's a single malt fan. <laughs> Could you show him a little love and send him a bottle all the way to Puerto Rico? And they said, we would love to do that. Wow. So that'll be on its way to you. You're going to get this amazing bottle, man. I hope you love it. It's a special drop. Well, I can't thank you enough. I'm looking forward to that. Fire Nation, make sure you're following me on Instagram because when that comes in, I'll be doing a nice little Instagram story to make that happen. Perfect. AJ, myself, Fire Nation, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bomb content was brought to you by AJ. And if you've had your big idea, well, then you'd be ready to ignite. But if you haven't, guess what? I've got a free 60 minutes course for you. It's less than an hour, it's free. Yourbigidea.io, where I will get you to your big idea in less than an hour. Then you'll be prepared to go in fuego. Yourbigidea.io. See you there, Fire Nation. My buddy, Russell Brunson, founder of ClickFunnels, has a podcast called The Marketing Secrets Show, and he's on a mission to help get entrepreneurs unstuck so they can get back to changing the world. The Marketing Secrets Show is waiting for you. Visit marketingsecrets.com and subscribe today. Growing businesses need qualified candidates, and qualified candidates can be a challenge to find. Lucky for us, Zip Recruiter makes it simple, fast, and smart. And right now, you can try Zip Recruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com/fire. That's ziprecruiter.com/fire. Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire.